Hello, I'm your host, Larry Bennett, and you're listening to the Future of Publishing podcast series. This series is brought to you by Norcompo, a leader in typesetting and digital services for 50 years in collaboration with Publishers Weekly. Production is provided by BookBuddy Media, a leading supplier of audiobook services. This series gives listeners a wide range of perspectives by industry leaders who share their experiences and who enlighten us on their vision of the future of publishing. So, let's get started. Hi, welcome to the Future of Publishing podcast by Norcompo, developed in collaboration with Publishers Weekly, with production by BookBuddy Media. I'm your host, Larry Bennett, and I'm privileged to have with me today Mr. John Ingram, who, as uh, our listeners know, is chairman of the board of both Ingram Industries and Ingram Content Group. Just a little background on uh, Mr. Ingram. He's a graduate of uh, Princeton University, where he earned his Bachelor's of Arts degree in English, of course, English, and then an MBA from Vanderbilt University, heading back down south. And he joined um, Ingram Industries, Inc. in 1986. During his esteemed tenure, he managed the expansion of the business in many book-related areas, including creating Lightning Source, which is now arguably the world's largest digital print operation, CoreSource, which is a leading player in ebook distribution, and VitalSource, a leader in digital learning materials, e-textbooks. So welcome, John, and thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Larry. It's uh, it's an uh, honor, privilege uh, to be with you. Uh, well, thank you, John. And uh, I have a bunch of questions for you that I think our listeners will be very interested to hear your opinions on, uh, mainly about the book business. Nothing political, nothing polemic, no, no, no worries here. Thank, John, thank goodness. <laughs> John, uh, about seven to ten years ago, industry pundits, uh, maybe even myself were predicting the demise of the printed book as we know it, or at least uh, it's occupying a minority share behind ebooks. Now we've seen ebooks plateau at, or even at around 20% or maybe even a little bit below of the content purchased in the U.S., and it's lower in most other countries, as you well know. Uh, at, at the same time, rapid growth of audiobooks has surprised most publishers uh, including the big guys. So how do you see, John, the evolution of the various format options over the next three to five years for trade publishers and academic slash you know, scholarly publishers? Well, if the future resembles the past, it'll probably be different than we all predict. <laughs> uh, I would start there. You know, I mean, um, it's, it's uh, I feel like an economist. An economist, um, you know, can look back and tell you everything uh, about what happened, but um, oftentimes not so, not so much about what's going to happen. And and you know, you look back at the the history of of um, of ebooks, and and I, and I think one of the one of the the factors for why there was such a um, a run up. Um, um, what it reminded me of 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 what you saw with the the big um big um box uh bookstores in the in the in the 90s i mean borders and barnes and noble i mean there was a huge amount of 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 books that were sold that actually you know was like wallpapering the stores um and and i think something similar happened um with the with, you know after 
uh, the, with the advent of the iPad and Kindles and things like that, I mean, one of the first things people did what, that they knew what to do was to go buy a book, right? And so it, it's almost like I, I, I believe a lot of people had these new devices, and one of the first things they did was go out and, and, and put, a, put a bunch of, of books on their shelf, go out and buy a bunch of books. So there was a lot of, if you will, um, uh, wallpaper in their digital warehouses um, with with new content, and and then people, you know, experimented with or you know with consuming digitally, and some like it and some don't, and 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 price points are significantly lower for a lot of digital content. So I mean, there there are a lot of factors that 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 went into it in terms of where things go. It seems to me that that absent um, some sort of techno, you know, technological change or, or revolutionary type of new device or new something, um, you, you ought to see the, the, the current trends um, continue for, for, for the foreseeable future. And I mean, you know, one of the hardest things to do is to predict what, those, what, what that technological change or revolution might be that causes, you know, causes a big change. And, and you know, I can't say that, 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 that I see anything out there that would that would would make a huge um, um, material change from the current patterns sure well we see with the trade publishers we, we see that uh, ebooks have actually gone down over the past three years down from like low 20s to 17 18 percent was the last number I saw at a recent industry event um, that's trade publishing but what about you know, academic publishing, and you know, and is that different, John, or is that kind of like the same? Well, do you, by academic publishing, do you mean educational publishing? Um, well, because I because I view those as different. Well, yeah, I guess there are two different things. There, there's classroom use and and library or reference material use. So classroom use. Text, you know, e-textbooks. In terms of textbooks, and I, I thought that's what you what you meant. You know, it's it's very interesting to me that that digital took off in reading for entertainment, right? With right. with what we just discussed, Kindles and iPads and Nooks and 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 the like. But but it seems to me um, that the that that the area that's that that is going to where digital is going to become the majority of of the consumption. Is much more likely to be in the education space, um, and and the, the you know the key publishers, although they don't really like to be called publishers anymore, they're life science companies or 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 other types of you know t uh, other other um, uh, names. Um, that they, they, I mean, they've staked the future of their entire business on courseware and 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 trying to you know moving moving in that direction where. Again, I don't think I don't think physical books ever go away, but maybe they become much more sup, uh, supplemental. You know, I um, at um, um, a few weeks ago at an education innovation conference in San Diego, I, I heard the CEO of, of Cengage, you know, I, I mean, talking talking about uh, his subscription program, which you know is kind of a buffet now. You can eat, you can have all of the Cengage content you want for. 120, 30 bucks a semester, uh, I, if I if I remember correctly. And oh, by the way, if you want a physical book, they will they will give it to you for the cost of 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 mailing it, um, which is 
I mean, this is a pretty radical change from where 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 we have been. Sure, and by doing that, can they still afford to create the you know the great content that they they've been creating? Is there enough money to pay the authors? Well, I well I I I think one of the one of the pieces that has always made me scratch my head and is is how misunderstood what what, what some of the key uh, problems were in the in the um, in the in the textbook area. I mean, you know, the the reason textbooks got so expensive, physical textbooks got so expensive expensive is it has as much to do with the um, uh, with the the used marketplace um, and you know the fact that that um, publishers only got paid for the initial sale and then and then you had this whole you know what became a rental market or a, a used sale and and then rental marketplace that took over and there were other players that were um, were <clears throat> taking all the economic benefit of that and publishers got nothing for it <clears throat> so they they had to get everything in that first in, initial sale and 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 you know which which was always a head scratcher um, for me I think I mean at this point in time you know that that educational publishers or whatever they would like to call themselves I mean you know if you know that you're going to get um, 30 40 percent of the face value uh, of the of the equivalent of of the of the textbook every semester um, and, and have a hundred percent sell-through in in effect you can afford you can, I mean you'll actually they'll make more money they will do better everybody including the authors whoever's creating the content you know with them will do better in that paradigm than they than they do than they have you know historically in the in the physical um book business um you know that that um you know, that that has existed for the last 20 30 years Sure, and that makes all the sense in the world. Thank you for explaining that. So, John, as I look at this, uh, and, and I sort of trying to parse from what you were saying, uh, the trade books are mainly just straight text, and so the difference between ebooks and print books is there's no big advantage of, of ebooks. But if I understand it correctly, in the academic space, with some of the innovations going on with like EPUB 3 and interactivity, uh, an ebook can actually be a lot more beneficial than a, a, a print book. Did, do you see it that way? And, and is the technology developing along those lines? It's certainly working that direction. Um, there, there's more, lack of a better word, artificial intelligence that is being built into to the to the content that that helps. Um, that I mean, ultimately, the objective is better outcomes for for more people to successfully um, be cred credential at the end of the day because they show um, uh, knowledge, you know, demonstrate proficiency um, with the content and and you know you, digital um, <clears throat> digital services that are all part of the courseware that um, that a lot of these publishers. Um, uh, have have created um, certainly um, lends that um, <clears throat> you know the, the the content and 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 these services are are helping to to create um, better outcomes. 
Sure. Um, and talking about um, e-textbooks, you know, you, you had uh, the acquisition of Vital Source uh, three or four years ago. Do I have that right? No, long, um, like 2006, I believe. So it was probably, le you know, 11, 10 or 11 years ago, I believe. Maybe, uh, maybe 12 now. Got it. Okay. Well, that put you really deep into higher ed digital textbook business. So how is it that how is Vital Source supporting digital textbooks to help the students reduce the cost of higher ed, John? Well, <clears throat> we've been we've been kind of one of the the, the key facilitators of of this movement of, of the proliferation of, of of both distribution of digital content. <clears throat> we, we help a number of players both create it now um, and, and and you know there there is a there's a really um, <clears throat> important new service that that, that uh, we are championing out in the marketplace called inclusive access, which is um, <clears throat> a really simple con concept that when you sign up for a course, um, when when you sign up and pay either through the burst you know through financial aid or you know however however that is a, that is accomplished that um, that the student has immediate access to the to the digital content and and not not uh, surprising that uh, having access to the content um, uh, leads to uh, students actually performing better in the courses and and having better outcomes I mean it's 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 just um, incredibly logical, but but you know um, a lot of, you know a lot of these other factors you know expensive physical content um, and now with you know with the, with these new models the the digital content is significantly um, more affordable and and you know and and therefore more accessible to to students uh, they they have it it's it's in many ways richer and more not just interactive but adaptable um to to help students um um you know find their way through um to 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 better success and therefore you know it it um it makes sense to me that it's going to continue to proliferate and 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 become more of the of the mainstream and, and that, that's great to be able to and, and and vital source back to your, back to your original question and vital source is one you know a, a key purveyor of, of 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 this and and other services to to help help make this happen and help you know help the industry help you know all these players drive to what what we need as a as a country which is better educated people. Amen, amen. And uh, uh, it's nice to see when a business model is also doing social good. So I, I, I think that's great, personally. Uh, let's- Yes, talk. thanks, so do we. Yeah, noted. So let's talk about something that you know a little bit about. Let's talk about digital printing. Um, okay. I, I watched uh, in awe when Lightning Source uh, was born in uh, 1997 and uh, despite not everybody at Ingram agreeing with you. You push for it. You push for it, and and now I, it's, it's arguably the largest. Lightning Source is arguably the largest digital printer in, in, in the world, and it's had a huge impact. It's one. Of, it's one of the advantages you have, Larry, when you own it, own the place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
yes, I worked at Baker and Taylor. Uh, I, I will just admit, and so I was competing against you, which was uh, a low point in my life. So let's leave it that way. Uh, you never want to compete against Ingram, but um, so the digital print technology has had a huge impact on all sectors of the book publishing industry. And Lightning Source has made and continues to make significant investments in acquiring state-of-the-art digital printing equipment, inkjet printers, color inkjet printers in the U.S. and abroad. And this has continued to drive down the per-unit cost of uh, print-on-demand and short-run digital printing, which is a boon to small publishers, leveling the playing field in a lot of ways. And uh, un unimaginably, a cup just five years ago, high-quality color printing using inkjet technology is almost the same as as toner-based or even offset. So, you know, having gone through all that and having driven all that, John, what's coming? What do you expect? Do you expect to see significant new innovation or advancement in digital print over the next five or ten years? And and how will that affect publishers' abilities to compete in this ever more competitive marketplace? You know, um, I think the the way of that was a mouthful to say the least of of, of questions. But um, I think that um, that you that you continue to see um, uh, improvements in technology. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the of the space. Um, and and you'll see better, faster, and cheaper um, digital. Uh, technology that that continues to kind of shrink any kind of delta that that, that exists uh, between offset printing and, and digital printing um, but I really think the 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 greatest opportunity quite frankly is is only limited by um, maybe publishers imagination as to how, how they could use um, uh, print on demand and and you know I think we're still just scratching the surface of of what of of ways that we can help publishers um, you know help publishers through print on demand and other services but specifically about about print on demand you know um, there's still a lot of publishers that have a lot of money tied up in 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 you know, low performing inventory, low performing in the sense that they got lots of it and, and yeah, they have a lot of money tied up in it. Sure. And, you know, print on demand is really not just for somehow for um, small, um, small publishers. I mean, you know, um, I think um, that it's, it's, it's really um, in, in my perfect world, every publisher that, 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 Created an, um, a, a new book would would give us um, um, a digital a, you know a digital file and they could turn it on and off like a like a light switch based on you know what happens with demand such that you know for the for any titles that happen to to sell more than they expected you know I mean the 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 attention span of 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 the public at large is very short and um you know um you know waiting even a week uh or 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 half a week to to be able to restock shelves or to bring you know um um inventory back in, in into you know availability is is just missed opportunity um and and 
you know, I, 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 I think that there's that there, there, there's still huge opportunities for for print on for print on demand, particularly to to help publishers um, um, be more efficient with the use of their capital and and to and to help drive more more sales, which ultimately is is um, you know something that's really uh, you know valuable for for driving the health of of, of their businesses. Um, you know, if you go back to its beginning, I mean, we got into print on demand because Ingram's role, you know, as a wholesaler was to have lots of titles and to have them immediately available. And it just made sense to me to, to instead of wallpaper in our warehouses with lesser demanded titles, it was really hard to predict demand to, to, we figured out how to, how to be able to print one at a time and make that available. And, you know, what what we can do with it or what it's what it can do to help publishers leverage their businesses and and run their businesses better is only gated by a publisher's imagination with with how they could how they could possibly use it and you know um so even though you know we've come a long way with it I think there's a lot, lot more that that can be brought to bear to you know for the overall health of the industry by using it by using it more. Sure, and you, so you're you're talking about an educational shift, really. Well, it's well, we do that every day. I mean, you know, it's it's um, it, you know it it's not typically where um, a lot of publishers focus a lot of their time and in, in, in energy and 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 we we try to. You know, I mean, our our business has really become it's the, it's less about selling widgets than it is about trying to consultatively understand what what our partners um, are are struggling with and figure out if if you know if if we've got solutions, be they physical, digital, or or lightning or you know print on demand, which is kind of almost a hybrid uh, since you store everything digitally, we make a physical um, output. You know, is to figure out how we can uh, how we can help our our partners do better, and and that's the whole thrust of of where where I want to continue to drive Ingram content is to is you know I I don't think we've ever been better aligned with our with our customers and partners than we are now because in many ways what we do is is really geared towards helping our partners uh, be, ha- have healthier businesses and to to be able to do well ourselves by helping um, our partners do well is is the kind of business I want to be in and the business I want to grow. Absolutely. And it makes all the sense in the world. John, uh, do you think there'll be do you think that the technology changes themselves have kind of slowed down or 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 it's just education, pure education at this point? Well, look. I mean, you, you never want to underestimate what can happen with technology, um, because who knows? Uh, but, but um, I, I think it's a combination of uh, there will continue to be, you know, uh, significant advancements in in technology. You, we're in the process of totally replacing um, our printer fleet, moving from from OSE to HP, um, because. Quite frankly, HP finally got it right, mm-hmm. um, and and um, and and so. Um, but but you know, print on demand is a whole lot more than buying a printer. 
I mean, I, I would I would tell you that you know we've got we've got you know 20, 20 years of of software development that that really that that surrounds the you know the manufacturing environment, which is the secret sauce for what allows us to do what we do, and and um, and you know we 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 will continue to in to invest, and so you know technological improvements will come not only from printers but from us too in how we can use them to to do things better, faster, cheaper, and kind of even expand what we do. So you know, I mean. I mean, Lightning is a technology business that just happens to solve some problems in the inventory management category of the publishing industry. Got it. Okay, let's talk about uh, something else that you know quite a bit about, which is uh, self-publishing. And you know, we probably you're probably as surprised as anybody that you know, um, 10, 15 years ago, there were maybe 250 to 300 thousand new ISBNs produced every year and now it's over a million self-publishing accounting for over three quarters of the new title production, not the sales, the new title production. And that's partly a result of technology advances and support from major industry players removing barriers to entry. In 2013, you founded Ingram Spark to take advantage of this phenomenal growth. And it's a, uh, and today, Ingram Spark is, you know, one of, if not the most popular platform for self-publishers. Where do you see that market going, John, in the next five to ten years? And do you think that innovative platforms like Medium will have a major impact? You know, I'm not sure um, uh, about, you know, the impact of kind of new forms of curated content. I mean, which I would put Medium in that. I mean, the I don't know that much about it, but what I do know about it, uh, it looks super cool. But, uh, um, but, but the, but the, the broader question. I mean, the broader your broader question about self-publishing and 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 what happens with that. It, um, you know, I, I don't know is is the simple answer. Um, but um, it there doesn't seem to be um, any shortage of of people want you know that have one way or another um, created something that they've put a huge amount of blood, sweat and tears in, in, in terms of creating. And, and um, I, I believe that's going to continue. And, you know, heretofore the traditional means of, of, of publishing, which are still uh, terrific and, and, and incredibly viable, but they were, they were limited. Um, you know, there, you know, it, it, if nothing else, the 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 explosion of self-publishing just really indicates what a gate, um, you know, the the, you know, how much latent demand there was for people to be published, mm-hmm. um, and, um, you know, I, I actually think that there's there's a huge opportunity for independent bookstores. In my mind, every independent bookstore should be a publisher, um, too, um, which could be facilitated through Ingram Spark. Um, and, and because, you know, because people that want to be published, one of the places that they go is walk into their bookstore, right. And say, how do I do this? And, um, um, you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity for independent bookstores to not only, um, be help them be relevant in their community, but, you know, once you, if you help somebody, you know, publish their book or 
series of books or whatever they're trying to solve for in that regard, you know, you can invite them back for a book signing and, and then, you know, um, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna both sell books and God only knows, you know, other books that are there, candles and, and, and other things. It's, it's, um, um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think, um, the, I think the the future looks looks strong for uh, for the self publishing market and and you know as 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 people um, you know we're working to develop more and more um, social marketing and selling um, services that we could help help these clients uh, you know the 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 small um, the 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 small self published author or, or LLC or whatever they are, uh, you know, help them fit, you know, sell more. And, and these same services will be hopefully valuable to, to, um, to get small, medium, and even potentially in some cases, larger um, publishers that are partners of ours in other ways. So um, I, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's a robust area and will stay that way. And, and you know, you mentioned uh, independent bookstores and I, I've always been really impressed and how Ingram's been such a big supporter of independent bookstores. They've been under incredible amount of pressure since the 1980s, first from the superstores, the big bad guys, and then now the superstores are the good guys, the ones that's left anyway, and then from, of course, online booksellers and eBooks. So after seeing a lot of indies go out of business in the 90s and early this century, maybe half of them, uh, it looks like they're making a comeback. Do you think that there's a bright future for indies in the book industry? You know, I think what the the independent booksellers that washed out during that period of time, um, you know, probably weren't able to um, find a way to to stay relevant in their communities, um, and I think that that. I mean, if you if you talk to independent booksellers now, I mean, they are very conscious of of different ways to stay and be relevant in their in their communities. And 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 I would say as as long as, um, you know, as, as long as as stores and the and the people behind them that are that are driving them can stay relevant, that they've got they've got a bright future. And to be honest, I say the same thing about us. Um, you know, I, I used to have a little bit of a of a wrestling match with a f- former CEO, and he cared more about um, short term profitability. And I was, and I have always stressed, you don't have to worry about short term profitability if if you're not relevant, because there won't be any. Um, and and so, um, you know, it's it's um, it, it's at least a case where. I, I eat my own dog food, and in, in that you know, my my key thing is I want Ingram to stay to stay relevant, and and to our, to you know, to to all of our partners and customers, and and um and we're investing and working to continue to be that, and and you know, I, I would certainly, um, if asked, you know, that that would be my my words of wisdom to independent booksellers, you know, as long as you can figure out ways to stay relevant in your community, you're 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 gonna you're gonna have a good future. And, you know, it's, and it's so interesting to hear you say that, John, and that that same um, focus uh, on long-term relevance, not worrying so much about short-term profitability, has probably helped another 
major Seattle-based player in the industry. Uh, uh, they've they they they're the they they've been the masters of of that. Uh, they they certainly have, and uh, Ingram. One of the things that Ingram has really done very well, uh, it, 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 I, I've noticed being in the industry, it, it is really give uh, publishers and even authors the ability to expand their own reach to overseas markets, you know, and then combining that with marketing options uh, to actually create some demand. Can, can you just talk about where you think that's going a little bit, uh, the international market for American publishers and authors? Um, yeah, I, I think, I, I think the, um, the, uh, um, the consumption of English language based content is, is likely to continue to, to expand and, and, you know, um, um, both quick shipments from the states as well as in, in in many cases print on demand options i mean we have a whole program called global connect which which allows for in in many countries even where where we'll probably never have um uh physical presence i mean you could think korea uh, brazil germany um russia um um publishers that that are that are in our print-on-demand universe, um, can can on a title by title basis um, uh, make uh, titles available for print-on-demand in in these in these countries. Um, uh, you know, not enough of them, in my opinion, take advantage of it yet. But it's 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 there to be done, and I think there's uh, there's sales to be captured that way. So I I think the that that you'll you, you'll see. Um, sales of English language content continue to um, expand globally. And, and that, that's what I've heard from other major industry players. We, we, we and internet sellers, you know, I mean, that's another, I mean, the, the, I mean, the internet makes that, um, you know, easy. Um, not just Amazon, but lots of, lots of players in, 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 in lots of countries where, you know, where English is the primary language and, many countries where English is a secondary or tertiary language. Yeah, and I'm overseas myself quite a bit, and it seems like all the young people are really desirous of learning English. They see that as the future, and maybe it's easier yep. than Chinese. Um, <laughs> it it seems that to me, but I, you know, I, um, you know, I grew up, uh, learned learned uh, a, a smidgen of French. Um, so, uh, which I, you know, in many ways, I wish it had been Spanish. I think that might have been uh, more broadly useful. Looking at our population base, it's uh, it's hard yes. to argue that point. Um, yeah, just John, just a general question. A lot of our listeners uh, would like to know: Are there any you 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 get around quite a bit uh, internationally and Silicon Valley and all that stuff? Is there do you see any new technologies on the horizon that you think, you know, long term would have a big impact that's not really having an impact now on our industry? I mean, well, you know, there's a there, there's lots of of talk about blockchain in, in 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 terms of being a kind of a fundamentally different way of a, almost approaching technology technology development and. And and the way information is stored and shared and 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 um, 
distributed. And, and I think, you know, there, there's a lot that needs to happen there to, to bring more definition and focus to it. Um, but, but I do, but I think it's, it's got, um, you know, I think it has a fair amount of potential and, 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 you know, you, you'll, you'll see it in, in almost every industry with, with different types of applications. Um, you know, and, and beyond that, I, I, I mean, I think that, um, there, there will continue to, um, to be efforts to, to do a better job of, of, of helping in, in the sales and marketing front, um, in the, in the social selling in environments. Um, I, I think that that's uh, particularly interesting, um, since, since people spend, you know, people spend a lot of time there and, and it's, um, it's always more interesting to go fishing where the fish are. Um, so, um, Th those would be areas that 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 I would say that are known and and you know we 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 have a uh, we have a small venture effort at, at at Ingram where where we're actively you know continue to look and and make small investments in in new technologies you know that really help 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 make sure it almost forces us to to stay out there stay out looking and 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 you know. To, to try to be agile to figure out if there are new things that are coming that can that can help us in our mission of you know helping our helping our partners uh, run their businesses better. Sure, and, and, and that 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 makes a lot of sense and brings us to marketing question uh, for you. Where uh, I think Ingram's really taken a, a leadership role. It used to be that you could put an ad. In an industry publication or in the New York Times uh, book review section, and you know it would really propel a book to uh, to greatness if assuming the book was good. Uh, you know that that has just so changed with social, uh, you know, with, 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 with social media as you well know. And I know Ingram's made some investments in specifically in area. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, but do, do you see that as leveling the playing field? Can uh, self-published authors create demand? Can small publishers create demand as easily as the big guys now with some of the tools that Ingram provides and others? I, I think it's certainly helping. I think we're, um, we, we've, got a, we've got a ways to go both at Ingram and, and it, in the publishing industry in that regard. But, but I think that's uh, – um, it, it's a challenge and it's also an opportunity and, it, and it's, and it's something that we're, that we're pretty actively working on. And, 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 um, I think the industry will continue to see new and better services in, in, in those areas from us, you know, both, both this year and, 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 and in the future. Sure. Great. And uh, I have one final question for uh, the young, younger folks in the audience who might be uh, listening, John. Just a very general question. Um, what advice would you give to a young person who, with stars in his or her eyes just starting out in our industry? Well, um, I'm not sure that the publishing industry is an instant gratification world in, in, in the in, you know, in the sense that so many of the, uh, you know, it, there's there's been historically a lot of dues paying that that has pre preceded, you know, people having a lot of monetary rewards and 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 from from this industry. 
industry, probably, you know, outside of outside of tech. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I, I would say just under I would say understand what you're getting into. Make sure that you have a passion for what you're doing, because um, maybe it's a little bit like entering, you know, teaching. Um, I mean, teaching can be an incredibly rewarding um, career, but it's, you know, it's not going to, you know, take you to um, summer homes by the coast, so to speak. You know, I mean, it's, 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 uh, um, right. it's, it's it just, I, I would say be real, you know, it's, it's important to be realistic about, um, about what the, what, what, a, what a future in publishing really looks like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it could be fantastic. And how rewarding is it to, to, to produce, um, help, help be part of the creative process that produces really important, um, um, content. I mean, I think that's, that's incredibly important to our society. Um, um, but it, you know, it, it may not be the most remunerative, uh, career that one could have. You gotta love it. You got, I think that's right. And, and if you do, then, you know, I'm not going to say you'll never work a day in your life because, because sometimes no matter how much you love something, uh, it feels a lot, lot like work, but, uh, you'll work a whole lot fewer than, uh, a lot of other people that, uh, maybe make more money, but, um, hate their job. That sounds like great. Or, they hate their, or hate, or hate their industry, right? Hate their industry, hate their boss. Yes. All of it. Well, John, this has been a great session. Our reader, our listeners will really appreciate this. So thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we're grateful to you. We're grateful to Ingram. Well, thank you. We're, we appreciate it. And, um, you know, um, uh, we're, um, we're, we're actually coming up on, um, in, in 2020, I think we'll be celebrating 50 years of kind of Ingram being in the content distribution business to, to stores and whatnot. And, and, um, you know, I won't make it another 50, but I, I sure hope we can position our company to, 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 to make it another 50 and to stay relevant, uh, whatever twists and turns and changes happen in, in the industry going forward. And there undoubtedly will be lots of them. Absolutely. Well, my money's on you. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening to this Future of Publishing podcast. Do not hesitate to subscribe to the series. If you like this podcast, you can say it with stars, preferably five, and share it with your friends and colleagues. You can find us on all podcast platforms, including the pre-installed podcast app on iPhones and on Android podcast apps. You can follow us on our webpage, www.nordcompo.com podcast where you can sign up for our newsletter and check out the full schedule of upcoming podcasts. I'm Larry Bennett. Hope you will catch our next podcast.